Hello, all you wonderful artists out there. This is Aiden. Welcome to the Starving Art Podcast. Before we dive into the sad, amazing tale of William Uchmalen, I just wanted to pause, take a moment. Thank you for listening. I'm really happy to say that people actually listen to this show. Um, I would love to. I am just letting you know that I recently made a Twitter. And you can follow me on Twitter now, um, at StarvingArtPod. I will repost all the episodes there, and you'll be able to access all the past episodes of the show, and I'll be able to shout out people, and you can retweet the show, and add that to the list of ways that you share the show, so that all of your friends and family and random people who stalk you on social media can find the show, and say, hey, this sounds interesting. Maybe I'll stop stalking their Instagram and follow this show instead. That seems like a better use of my time, because it is a better use of their time. But I am so grateful that everyone is listening. Please, please, please share the show. Please let your friends know. And give me episode ideas. Give me past artists who really inspire you, who went through a tough time. Give me current artists. Who's your up-and-coming friend who is doing something really cool and would like to get the word out about their show? I will definitely get the word out to whoever I know and whoever listens to this, and that is something. So you can do that on Twitter. You can do that on Instagram. I'm going to make a Facebook so you can do that on Facebook. But um, I hope you enjoy this brief overview of the life, decline, and work of William Uchermullen. Enjoy. The artist who develops their skills over a lifetime has a sharply honed mind one that sees the world differently than the rest. Each artistic discipline develops and trains distinct areas of the mind that need to sharpen. For a musician, the interpretation of auditory signals and a sense of rhythm. For a dancer, proprioception and the coordination of movement to music. For a visual artist, like William Uttermalen, spatial awareness, visual perception, and fine motor skills were his primary tools for representing the world. But what happens when those skills slip away? How does an artist cope and continue to express themselves in the face of losing their time-tested mental abilities? William Uttermalen's artwork spread over the period of a decade before he was rendered unable to paint by advanced Alzheimer's disease gives us a glimpse into an artist's reaction to a slipping mental state. In the late period of his artistic works, we see signs of his early decline, his diagnosis, and his attempts to cope with the progression of his Alzheimer's. I'll be the first to admit, this is a pretty sad story. But in Uttermalen's decline lies the beating heart of the artistic impulse, experiencing and communicating our lives as they happen to us. A disease like Alzheimer's robs our elderly of precisely that the ability to synthesize experience and communicate to others. Uttermalen's final self-portraits, devastating in their simplicity and atavism, are a testament to a very fundamental human impulse, the desire to communicate your experience. 
William Uttermalen's last attempts at artistic communication have given us a rare insight into a condition that affects nearly six million people in the U.S., showing us, on paper, how the disease attacks the mind. More than anything, though, Uttermalen's last works were a comfort and helped a man grappling with the end of his life to process his experience. Uttermalen's career as an artist was a lifelong journey, one that started in Philadelphia, his hometown. Born to working-class parents, Uttermalen was naturally drawn towards the arts. He was accepted into the prestigious Philadelphia School of the Arts in 1951 to study painting. After an interlude serving in the Korean War, he finished his degree and used the GI Bill to pay his way through a master's program at the Ruskin School of Art, Oxford. He settled in London after he met his soon-to-be wife, Patricia, and got down to work. His working style was monumental. He would spend a few years painting large collections around similar themes, then stepping away from the canvas until he was next inspired. His first cycle, as he called them, was based on Dante's Inferno. Twenty-seven large paintings representing the various stages of Dante's descent into hell and the people he saw were created over the course of two years. His Mummers Cycle, a series of paintings depicting the Philadelphian New Year's tradition that boasts elaborate costumes, large street processions, and a mockery of authority. Anti-Vietnam War paintings were his next focus, juxtaposing natural beauty with the death and despair of the warriors fighting in a strange land. Throughout his personal projects, he worked as an art teacher and portrait artist for family and friends, interspersed with some large-scale commissions. By 1990, Uttermalen was hard at work on what was to be his last complete cycle of paintings, his conversation pieces. He accepted another commission, illustrating a poem of his choice for a French philosophical journal, but the work was delayed and clearly off. After a series of increasingly problematic mishaps, they realized that Uttermalen was suffering from a decline in function and motivation. Initially, he was diagnosed with depression, but by 1995, the depression treatments had made no difference, and after some new tests, it was discovered that he had Alzheimer's. His final large painting, Blue Skies, tells the story of his reaction to the diagnosis. Uttermalen sits at an empty table, desperately clutching a cup of coffee and the table. Above him, a skylight opens wide, the dark blue of night rushing in. The table blends into the wall, his sweater into the carpet and the night sky. It is as if Uttermalen is hanging on for dear life against the threatening erasure of his memory and faculties, the world itself. Looking back, there were clues that something was wrong. Not only were there structural hints in the conversation pieces, there seemed to be some inner knowledge of foreboding that expressed itself on the canvas. Patrice Polini, a family friend and psychiatrist, took it upon herself to analyze the late works of Uttermalen to look for signs of his early decline. In reviewing the conversation pieces, Polini found that there was something in Uttermalen that recognized that his mental state had begun to change. She explained that, quote, Uttermalen's last works clearly show that an awareness of his pathological disorders appears well before the medical diagnosis of dementia was established in 1995. It is, doubtlessly, the artist's ability to depict his experience of illness visually rather than verbally, to paint words, 
that allowed him to continue to represent his mental and sensorial condition for such a long period through his art. End quote. Although we can chalk up a lot to artistic choice, Polini's analysis conveys some overarching themes that foreshadow Uttermalen's decline. The most easily apparent is the titling of all the pieces. Snow. Night. Bed. They are all very immediate, sensorial titles depicting an immediate experience. The paintings are representational, albeit distorted spatially. Polini asserted that in the conversation pieces were attempts to keep his disordered brain tidy, depicting his experience so as to not lose it. And yet, the visual clues of darkness on the horizon are all over the conversation pieces. Consider, for example, the painting Snow. Personally, I think this painting is amazing. The way that the perspective is challenged yet so cohesive is incredible to me. There's no way it all fits together, and yet, there it is. The juxtaposition of the warm, bright interior and the cold, barren exterior is such a great interpretation of the loving barrier that connection puts between a brutal world and a world of love and fulfillment. Still, Polini points to that spatial distortion as evidence of the artist's gradual decline. Losing the ability to accurately interpret dimensions or depict them, the interpretation of his flat becomes more distorted as well. There is also an awareness of a darker dimension, just beyond his territory. Although the house is bright and warm, it is encroached upon by the snowy night. In addition, Polini sees the green door as the threshold into oblivion, with the blackness behind it representing death. She notes that in the mantelpiece mirror, we can see that same green door fully open with the reflection of Uttermalen's dead friend emerging from it. Uttermalen is seated away from the gathering at the table, almost reclusive under the mantle. The figures are seen from a top-down angle, making it difficult to understand who they are. This brilliant composition reflects signs of difficulties to come. More direct, perhaps, is his painting titled Bed. The scene has shifted to Uttermalen's bedroom, him in the bed while Patty reads next to him. Here we see the same distortion of space with the whole bedroom off kilter. Uttermalen is doubled, with his face reflected in a mirrored surface at the left edge, suggesting an intense introspection. That same green door yawns open, closer to him now. Placed in between the two Williams, it could be seen as an awareness of the growing difficulty in expressing himself, his communication beginning to falter. Polini expresses this dual appearance as, quote, the last attempt to preserve the unity of the self, to fix an image of himself when physical and psychic self-consciousness becomes vague, end quote. Sadly, Uttermalen's condition continued to worsen. It became much more difficult for William to produce any work. He would sit in front of the canvas for hours without doing anything, and frequently erased or scratched out whatever he did put down. He started going to a neurological hospital, and was assisted by nurse Ron Isaacs, who encouraged him to keep painting and sharing his point of view. William started a series of self-portraits and masks, attempting to show the world what was happening in his mind. In the selection of self-portraits in the show notes, you can track the decline of his ability to depict even his own face. Figure A is a self-portrait created at 60 before any noticeable cognitive decline. 
The subsequent works were created over the next six years, showing the gradual distortion of facial features before a complete collapse of representative capabilities. The final work, one of his series of masks, seems to be a way to get past the difficulties of representation to communicate the feelings he was going through in his decline. He gave up painting at multiple points throughout this time period, citing his inability to make work up to his old standards, but was encouraged to keep going as best he could. Eventually, the canvas was abandoned, and pencil sketches like figure E were the best he could manage. He continued until he was no longer able to draw around the year 2000. The self-portrait and mask series became a subject of interest for Isaacs, as well as the whole team helping to treat Uttermalen under Dr. Martin Rosser. They were inspired to create a case study, juxtaposing the quantitative data on Williams' decline with his artwork. The paper was published in the Lancet Journal, where it attracted quite a bit of interest among the medical community. Williams' artistic rendering of his own decline was a rare glimpse into the inner world of an Alzheimer's patient, and the medical community recognized the value of both Williams' interpretation of his own illness and the impact of art practices on his mental state. They noted that while his perceptual and spatial faculties were more vulnerable to the assaults of degeneration, his creative impetus and artistic perception were less effective. In spite of his decline, the authors noted with admiration that, quote, this example of continued artistic endeavor at a stage where Alzheimer's disease has blunted the craftsman's most precious tools offers a testament to the resilience of human creativity, end quote. If there's a single takeaway from the story of William Uttermalen, it should be just that. The creative spirit, integral to all art and indeed all human endeavors, can stand firm in the face of even the most extreme challenges. William's art practice was a solace, an expressive tool, and an invaluable record of the internal world of a man who succumbed to a disease that affects more than 5 million Americans. William's vulnerability and willingness to express his personal hell has given us a shining example of the resilience of our creative impulse and should serve as a reminder to us all that artistic practice is necessary and valuable no matter the situation. William's death in 2007 came after years of internal struggle with Alzheimer's, but his work in 1999 and 2000 give us a glimpse at what he was feeling, what he was trying to communicate. In spite of the human condition, whatever the condition, we must continue to create work in the hope against hope that it can be helpful to others. That spirit is what will ultimately help us understand each other, if not save each other. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you want to keep up with the show uh hear about any new episode releases and get some behind the scenes info about the process of creating the show and hear more about the figures that i talk about you can follow me on instagram at starving art pod thank you for listening and i hope that you gather some strength and encouragement from the work that i'm doing talk to you soon
Hello, all you wonderful artists out there. This is Aiden. Welcome to the Starving Art Podcast. Before we dive into the sad, amazing tale of William Utramalan, I just wanted to pause, take a moment. Thank you for listening. I'm really happy to say that people actually listen to this show. Um, I would love to... I am just letting you know that I recently made a Twitter and you can follow me on Twitter now, um, at Starving Art Pod. I will repost all the episodes there, and you'll be able to access all the past episodes of the show, and I'll be able to shout out people, and you can retweet the show, and add that to the list of ways that you share the show, so that all of your friends and family and random people who stalk you on social media can find the show, and say, hey, this sounds interesting. Maybe I'll stop stalking their Instagram and follow this show instead. That seems like a better use of my time, because it is a better use of their time. But I am so grateful that everyone is listening. Please, please, please share the show. Please let your friends know. And give me episode ideas. Give me past artists who really inspire you, who went through a tough time. Give me current artists. Who's your up-and-coming friend who is doing something really cool and would like to get the word out about their show? I will definitely get the word out to whoever I know and whoever listens to this, and that is something. So you can do that on Twitter. You can do that on Instagram. I'm going to make a Facebook so you can do that on Facebook. But um, I hope you enjoy this brief overview of the life decline and work of William Utramalan. Enjoy.